You're listening to the Multifamily Market Watch for Washington State. Apartment owners who need to know, trust HFO. The leading source for multifamily industry news around the state, from Puget Sound to the Tri-Cities. Welcome back to Washington Multifamily Market Watch. I'm your host, Aaron Kirk Douglas. Today is Monday, March 6, 2023. The top news this week, bills that would have allowed local governments to enact rent control appear dead, but bills on statewide rent control are showing some staying power. Stay tuned for a complete rundown on major legislation that will face a major hurdle this Wednesday in Olympia. This Washington Multifamily Market Watch is co-sponsored by Gantry Inc., the nation's largest independent mortgage broker, and by J.R. Johnson, experts in multifamily restoration and repair work. Now on to our news briefing. Last week was the deadline for committee reports to be read and bills to be passed out of House fiscal committees and Senate Ways and Means and Transportation. This Wednesday, March 8th at 5 p.m. is the last day for bills to move forward in their House of Origin. Bills that start in the House and Senate must be moved out by Wednesday at 5. Here is the latest rundown on the status of major Washington state bills as provided by the Washington Landlord Association and the Washington Multifamily Housing Association in conjunction with the online bill reporting system. House Bill 1628, which as amended would create a new tier of real estate excise tax over $5 million and would be the highest in America, remains alive. It would allow select counties to impose a second 0.25% local government real estate tax with city council authorization rather than by a vote of the people. Revenue from these cities' first and second quarter percent local government real estate excise tax could be used for any capital projects, maintenance, operations, and service support for existing projects. Opponents argue Washington is already becoming less desirable and competitive for real estate investment, and increasing this tax to the highest in the United States will not be helpful and will drive investment to other states. This bill remains in the House Finance Committee. Although bills allowing local rent control appear dead, HB 1625, which would allow statewide rent control in apartments and mobile homes, is alive and kicking. This bill would limit rent increases to the consumer price index or 3%, whichever is greater, to a maximum of 7%. The state would publish allowable increase maximums annually. Landlords would be prohibited from increasing rent during the first 12 months of any tenancy. Buildings less than 10 years old would be exempt. Numerous other complicating factors apply to this bill. It is in the Housing Committee. A bill that would require at least six months' notice for rent increases over 5% and would allow the tenants to terminate a tenancy without penalty. HB 1124 would also limit late rent payment fees to $75. Housing providers argue this bill requires them to forecast market rents more than six months in advance. This bill is on the housing floor awaiting a second reading. Senate Bill 5197 regarding eviction processes would allow a tenant an extended period of time to reinstate their tenancy and would force landlords to schedule show cause hearings and increase attorney fees. Numerous other contingencies and requirements of this bill will increase management costs. This bill has passed out of the Senate to the House. 
Senate Bill 5335 would increase the overall capital gains tax from 7 to 8.5% and would include real estate transactions. This bill is in committee. House Bill 1129 and Senate Bill 5198 would require offering residents the right of first refusal to purchase their mobile home community. The notice period for this right is three years, which would be an increase from the current one year. The bills impose a $10,000 fine for failing to follow these procedures. The notice period would be waived if a landlord pays each tenant relocation assistance of $17,000 for multi-section and $11,000 for a single-section home. Plus, landlords would be required to pay the greater of market value plus $5,000 in the 12-month closure notice period. It also requires landlords to dispose of the tenants' homes. House Bill 1129 is currently in the Rules Committee, and the Senate bill has passed a third reading. House Bill 1075 has moved to the Senate. This bill would require a landlord to substantiate the cost of any damages withheld from a tenant deposit with repair estimates, invoices, or other documentation, among other things. Senate Bill 5060 would require rental property owners to register their rental and vacant housing units with the state. This bill remains in the Senate, and owners believe this bill would eventually lead to the taxing of vacant housing. This bill is currently in the Ways and Means Committee. There are some bills pending that housing providers support. They are House Bill 1817 and Senate Bill 5741. These bills provide for a housing gap voucher pilot program targeted to families at 80% of adjusted median income and below that would be good for 12 months and also renewable should they remain eligible. Voucher amounts would be enough to bridge the gap between income and rent. These bills are currently stuck in committee. Landlords also support Senate Bill 5290, which is permit streamlining. That would require local governments to generally exclude interior alterations from site plan review and help local governments move toward digital permitting processes. This bill is on the Senate calendar for a second reading. Missing middle housing is another area supported by housing providers, and HB 1110 would allow for increased infill. This bill is currently on the floor calendar for a second reading. HB 1245 and Senate Bill 5364 would require cities to allow the splitting of a single residential lot if specific conditions are met. The House bill passed the House and is in committee in the Senate, and the companion Senate bill is in the Rules Committee. House Bill 1351 would remove existing minimum residential parking requirements for cities and counties planning under the Growth Management Act and would prohibit cities from imposing minimum parking requirements within one-quarter mile walking distance of transit stops offering a certain level of service. This bill is in the House Rules Committee. Senate Bill 5466, which passed the Senate and was introduced to the House, would require cities planning under the Growth Management Act to generally allow siting of multifamily residential housing on parcels where any other residential use is permissible. Senate Bill 5466 would require those cities to waive off-street parking requirements. The Washington State Department of Transportation would provide technical assistance through grants. 
This bill would expand the exemption for infill development to facilitate sustainable transit-oriented development. The bill passed the Senate and is in committee in the House. House Bill 1350, currently in committee, would allow current buildings less than 15 years old to participate in the multifamily tax exemption program if an appropriate number of units are converted to FIT program requirements. House Bill 1167 has passed the House. This bill would direct the State Building Code Council to recommend modifications to building codes to allow a single exit stairway to serve multifamily residential structures of up to six stories. In addition, this bill would prohibit a city or county from imposing regulations or standards on middle housing that are not applied to detached single-family residences except as needed for life and safety. This bill passed the House and a third reading on its way to the Senate. We'll have more legislative updates coming your way in the week or so ahead as these bills continue their readings and moving out of committee. Remember, Wednesday, March 8th is a big day. These things need to be uh, in the opposite house by the uh, end of Wednesday. Don't forget to subscribe to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch wherever you get your podcasts. We dig through all the news so you don't have to. Until next time. Our entire office specializes in multifamily real estate, making HFO the largest multifamily brokerage in the Pacific Northwest. Your success is our passion. Build your legacy with HFO. Call 503-241-5541 or visit our website at hfore.com for more information. HFO is an affiliate of the Global Real Estate Advisor Network.